Hey, podcast listener, are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. And I'm so much happier this April than, than I have been for the last number of years. It's it's remarkable to me how different it is in, in a good way. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help overworked CPAs go down to 40 hours without giving up revenue. My name is Geraldine Carter. Today, my guest is Lori Rauch. Lori, welcome to the show. Hi, Geraldine. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you here. So for listeners who don't know, tell us who you are, where you are, and what you do. I am a CPA in Calgary, Canada, and I've had my own firm here for about 20 years. Awesome. And how many people do you have working with you? I have three part-time people that work with me. So give us a sense of what you had going on in your firm, where you were maybe last summer, kind of last year. Last summer, I was finishing tax season, which made me feel very overworked and um, a bit stuck on what to do about that. Um, I knew that I wanted to raise my prices. I had a feeling that they were too low, and and I was I was feeling quite overwhelmed and, and discouraged and out of control. What did you think at the time was the biggest contributor or the biggest contributors to feeling overworked and out of control? Did you think that your biggest challenge was your prices or did you think it was too many clients or did you think it was not having a niche or something else? Um, it was partly too many clients. Prices were too low. Um, I had a, a health concern that, that came up right in the midst of tax season last year um, that affected my vision. So as with lots of health things, it makes you reevaluate your priorities. So luckily, I've got, I've got all that resolved and, and I can see fine now, but it certainly affected my work and my priorities and it made me think that really hard that I had to, I had to fix something. So for listeners, Lori's been in down to 40 hours CPA mastermind for the last four months, started out um, right in January, which some people might think is an unusual time to dive into a program. But what made you think that now being January was a really good time to do this and to not do what you're trying to do by yourself? I had been following you through your email list in your podcast for, for a few months. And um, I've been you know, trying to, to manage my pricing on my own. Um, and I knew that um, I had a pretty good idea that uh, if I was engaged in working with you, despite it being tax season and uh, being the busy time of the year, that I could get the results that I needed. 
or or that I wanted to take back control of my of my time and my life. <laughs> so one of the things that we often do first is disengage a bunch of clients, but it can be really scary because you're worried about hate mail. So what happened for you when you disengaged a chunk of clients? It certainly was scary. Um, and I did that in I did that in November, December, and it felt like a bit of a rush that I was possibly not leaving clients enough time to to make other plans for who would get their taxes tax returns done. In conversation with you, we decided to give it a try. And so I disengaged about 15% of my client base, mostly through uh, a letter that I emailed to them. It was scary. I thought that I would get all sorts of unhappy feedback, but I didn't. I people Most people responded to the letter and right away and thanked me for uh, the services that I had been provided to them, and they appreciated that I had uh, given them a, a lead on on some on another local provider that might be able to help them. So it wasn't nearly as bad as I had feared. Did you get any angry email or any angry mail? I did quite recently. Um, I had is from a client that I had disengaged, and they thanked me for um, helping them, etc. Back in in November, December. Uh, but then they found themselves in a position where, or they asked me to prepare their tax return for them for this year just recently. So I replied to them, possibly, since I spoke to you last, my prices have increased quite a bit. And here's my new pricing and here's my guidelines for timing. And their response was that that was unacceptable to them. And, and that was the end of the conversation. And um, And how was that? How was that for you? Did you like... Did it kind of throw you for a loop or were you like, okay, no big deal, carry on? It did throw me for a loop because uh, that was the thing that I was afraid would happen when I disengaged people. Um, so in one way it was, you know, it was exactly what I feared, but um, in another way that was fine because it wasn't the end of the world. And because I, I, you know, I don't like disappointing people and I don't like when people are unhappy with me. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, it was also affirmation, confirmation that they were not a good fit for the direction that I wanted to take my firm. So how about the revenue side of things? Was it, what was it like to let go of clients knowing that they represented some amount of revenue? I was at the point that, that I knew that the ones I disengaged, they weren't very profitable clients Anyway, they were a lot of work, a lot of hours um, for not a whole lot of revenue under my old pricing system for pricing personal tax returns. So that wasn't a concern. Okay, so it wasn't a significant amount of revenue that you were letting go of? No, I let go of just a portion of my client base that was not very profitable anyway. So I knew that that time and space would be freed up for other more profitable work. Gotcha. You mentioned that you disengaged 15% in November, December. Have you since done any sort of subsequent rounds of disengaging or was that the only one that you've done so far? And if so, do you see any more coming? That is the only round that I've done so far. Um, since in concert with disengaging, I also, uh, for my existing, another portion of my client base, not the whole set, but another portion of my T1 only client base where I don't do anything else except personal tax returns for them. I sent out uh, a price increase letter and asked them to uh, pay up front, which I hadn't done before. 
So I was, and some, some people did choose not to come back, still quite gracious, but they chose not to come back. But um, good or bad, <laughs> more of them signed up right away to, to have me do their personal tax returns this year than I was anticipating. So I'm still feeling right now currently in the, in the midst of tax season that I still have too many clients. Still have too many clients by a factor of like roughly how many, like do you think you're maybe 10% over or 20% over or something different? I think 10 to 15% over. So one of the things that's popped up is people have replied and on the whole been mostly gracious, whether they've stayed or whether they've gone on to find a different option. Did you have any concerns about either raising your prices or disengaging, sort of upsetting your community, if you will? Definitely did. Yes. Because I increased them by, um, for some, some subsets of my client base, their price almost doubled from what I had been charging them before. So I was quite nervous about sending out that the letter for sure. Gotcha. And what did you, what were you concerned that people would think or say? I was imagining things like, how could you do this? You're putting me in a position that I can't find someone else. And now I'm forced to engage with you at your much higher price. And you're not giving me a choice. That was my primary worry that what would happen. And did you get any of that? Like, did that come to fruition or how did that end up playing out? No, other than, than the client that reacted negatively that I mentioned earlier to my increased prices. Um, no, everyone, everyone said, no, this, you know, this, this doesn't work for me. And it wasn't, and they thanked me for the service in the past. And, and no one, no one, no one was unkind or, or phoned me with unhappy communications. They just, they made it about the, the product, the price, at least in their, in their conversations with me that, uh, no, they decided, no, thank you for letting me know. Um, I've decided to move on to a different provider. Okay. So it wasn't quite the ripple that you feared that it might have been. No, definitely not. And, and I could say that I've, I've even had some positive feedback from my clients who did continue to stay about changing my practices and my procedures for having them pay up front and give them a deadline for when I needed my documents and for telling me that they were coming back. Um, I've had some quite receptive and positive feedback from my clients who have chosen to stay that they're fully supportive of me changing how things work here. Awesome. Interesting. Why do you think that they perceive it as positive? I believe, well, a lot of them, they, they're all very kind people and I've known them for a long time and they know that, uh, that there's only so much of me to go around. And so they, they fully understand the business decision. I think I've explained it well enough to them about why it was important for, for my business and how it's, more importantly, why it's good for them. Because if I'm overstretched and, and have too many clients to serve, then they are not going to get the good service that they deserve. Is it fair to say that those folks were reasonably nonplussed about the price doubling? For, for most of those folks that I've heard from, their price increase is probably more in the 50% range. So I have heard back from, from the, the subset with... Um, businesses that I that their prices almost doubled that's it's been a little it's, it was a little bit harder for them to swallow for lack of a better word but um they 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 you know it was in their court I said here's my new pricing and here's what you'll get and that kind of thing so I I, I, I worded my packages such that if um anyone who was coming back there there was a way that they could pay a similar price to what they were doing what they were paying before in my old pricing regime they just wouldn't get Men of as many of the value-added 
services and finishing touches that I would have just given away to everybody in the past. Give listeners a sense of what you think some of those finishing touches and value-added services are. For, for a lot of them, particularly ones with that have businesses that they report on their personal tax returns, I would, I would give away making sure all of their slips were, I would, I would check their accounts with, with CRA to make sure that all of, I had all of their tax information. I would give them an estimate for next year, whether they ask me for one or not, or I would price someone with, with quite a complex investment portfolio, similar to someone who only had a handful of slips and quite had a, quite a simple return scenario. So there was more discernment with sophistication of, of their tax situation was built into the pricing packages. Did you ever feel guilty about raising your prices? Uh, yes, I believe I did. I, I used to, um, it's, it's, I hesitate to answer that question because that's not how I feel at the moment. <laughs> um, but I certainly, uh, that was certainly part of it. I, I was, I had um, for, for the longest time that my thoughts around providing personal tax returns, it was that something that as a, as a good, well-rounded accountant was that you were supposed to provide personal tax services almost to anyone who needed them if they were willing to engage with you. And that was something that I almost had to give to the community because there's, there's a lot of my, in my client base that didn't think might necessarily be favorable towards an increased price, especially since they've been working with me for a long time and it was something they're used to. So, so I, did, I did have some bad feelings around that that I had to work through for sure. And you mentioned that it feels differently now. What is it, what's it like now that it's, now that you've kind of gone through it? Now that I've gone through it, it's, it's, it's better for everyone. And I really do believe that now because they, the ones that, like, because I have reduced my client base, um, I'm not feeling pulled in different directions. Um, I'm not, I know because people let me know when they'd have their documents to me and that kind of thing. I have more certainty over what work is coming in. So there's still a lot to do, but I feel a lot more in control of, of the rest of the month here because I know what I've got on my plate now and what's still coming in. And I know that because I'm not, <laughs> a, we, we, talk, we laugh about it in, in the mastermind, but you know, I'm not H&R Block. <laughs> so I, I think I used to feel that I was, I was competing with, with um, firms that are producing tax returns on, based on volume and you have to get all of these firms out in order to make a profit on it because there's a price ceiling for personal tax returns. So I've done a lot of work on realizing my own value as a, as a CPA, highly trained CPA with, with 20 years experience and, and the individualized personalized service that my clients do get, that that is worth a price premium. Yeah, you're not H&R Block for sure. And in, if you try to compete with them, you will get trounced. <laughs> A little bit earlier, you mentioned when you raised your prices and you disengaged about 15% of your clients that it gave you a bit more time and bandwidth to plan ahead and to lay out for your remaining clients how it was going to roll, collect payment up front, set expectations, timing, expectations, deadlines for when you needed things from them. What's been the impact of doing it that way on your business? The biggest thing is because I, I, when I originally started with, with, your, with the mastermind in January, I had thought, no, I'm absolutely not going to increase my prices this tax season because it's too soon. They don't have to give my clients enough time to, to react and make decisions. Other, other people in the mastermind were, were doing 
price increases at the same time. So I, without thinking about it too much, <laughs> I just decided to, um, to develop that letter and, and send it out and just see what happened because I was at the point where I was so um, not looking forward to personal tax season based on last year and I felt so overworked and so overstressed that I almost decided, you know, if no one comes back, that is just fine because I'm done. <laughs> so it was almost uh, a mindset of, well, I have nothing to lose because... Yeah, it can't be worse than what I had last it year. It can't be worse than what I have last year. So let's just see what happens, right? So, so um, just making the decision to do that and send it out and just the decision itself was a big thing. And, um, and so now as a result, um, no one died. I didn't die. And it's just so much more manageable, and I'm so much happier this April than than I have been for the last number of years. It's it's remarkable to me how different it is in in a good way. Just with um, bandwidth, energy at the end of the day, not getting overwhelmed as much. You know, there's still time because it's still tax season, and there's still a lot to do. But it's it's so much better. One of the themes that's been coming up a bunch in Mastermind is being the one to drive the bus. I mean, why drive the bus? Like, why not just let your clients run the show? That's an excellent question. <laughs> yeah, because I was I was totally letting my clients drive the bus. I would let them decide if they were coming back. I would let them decide when they were coming in to drop off their documents. I would let them decide how much, like, how complete their set of documents was without any consequences for it being incomplete. I was doing a la carte pricing for everybody. So there was energy on finishing the engagement and figuring out, okay, what am I going to price them this year? And, oh, I had to do this extra work and I didn't talk to them first, so I can't really bill them for it. And all those types of conversations in my brain. So I would I'll be under pricing because I felt bad for not telling them beforehand that the price would be different because they had a different needs this year and, and pricing at the end. So not getting paid until after doing work for several weeks and several weeks after the return had been filed, all, all sorts of things. So it sounds like in there, you've changed a number of things. One of the things I want to tug on is um, letting them decide the extent to which the number, the set of documents that they've gotten from you is complete. What have you changed in that piece? Do you require that they get you everything before you get started? Or do you get started most of the way there? And you're like, hey, we're just going to work on it this week. So if I'm not going to open it, unless this is a good week for you for us to go back and forth, how have you set that up? Because I've got the extra bandwidth in my own brain and in my day to day, I'm able to to look at their documents without feeling rushed. So I can look at them and see how complete they are. And, and I can send them a note back and say, hey, we can't get started until you send me this, this, and this. And leave it alone because I don't like touching things several times. It feels very inefficient. So yeah, so that's helped a lot. And have you given them a deadline for when you need them to get those things back to you? Uh, that part's not as not as strong as it could be. I, I give them like I can't, I tell them that uh, I can't do your return until you give me these things. And it hasn't been something that I generally have to chase too much. They're generally on it in a couple of days. But no, I haven't got firm deadlines around that. No. Okay, so but it also doesn't sound like it's a big problem where it's like three or four weeks later, you still haven't heard anything from them. No, no. Clients who've been with me for a long time know that I don't, like, I personally don't care if their return gets done on time, right? Uh-huh. They know that that's on them. Yep. <laughs> they know when the deadline is. It's been the same deadline that it's always been. Yeah, if, if you don't want to get me your documents, then um, then I don't 
care. But what I did tell them in, in my engagement letters this year when I was telling, okay, here's their new pricing regime. I've let go 20% of my client base. Um, you need to let me know or there might not be a spot for you, et cetera, et cetera. I also said, if you don't have your documents to me by April 10th, you may face a $500 late filing fee. That has been a big incentive for some people on my client base, for sure. Because I've this year, I've um, I have more returns in at this point in tax season compared to the whole number that I'm expecting, way more than than I usually do by this point. So, so this has also come up a couple of times in our office hours. People saying compared to this point last year. I'm X weeks ahead or similar. So have you had that same experience? How far do you feel like, how many weeks ahead do you think you are compared to last year? Uh, at least two, if not more. At least two, Yeah. if not more. Yeah, that part's great. Does it feel like you have crunch time coming up against the 30th or do you feel like you'll be able to get everything done without putting in you know, seven, 10 hour days in the last two weeks? No, I, I don't think there's going to be crunch time. We have a little bit of a, a known anomaly going on because we're, recording this is we don't know if like this, the people who work for Canada Revenue Agency, they might be going on strike as early as in a few days from now. So we have no idea how that might affect filing deadlines and payment deadlines and that kind of thing. So that's a little bit unusual for this year because we just found that out um, recently that that might happen. But uh, because I know, because I have at least 60% of my expected returns in already, and I know where another 15% of them are. So that's another. So the percentage that I know will come in, because I've still got three weeks until our usual filing deadline, that's that's lots of space to get them all done. We don't have to talk specifically about numbers, but you cut 15, 20% of your client base. Has your revenue also gone down 15 to 20% or how does it compare? Um, no, my revenue has actually gone up because of the price increases that I introduced. And how has that impacted either your business or your take-home pay or your sort of the amount of love that you may experience for your accounting practice? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's all good. A part of the reason that I'm not nearly as stressed out about a looming potential uh, work disruption on, on CRA side is that so many of my clients have paid me up front this year. So uh, for uh, selfish reasons, for cash flow-wise, I've got the, the cash in the bank already, right? Is in, in addition to the price increases and that kind of thing, I've been working on, on my mindset around around money and that kind of thing, and I've been working hard on on feeling of abundance in a number of areas, including money. And uh, yeah, so I we I gave myself a raise this year, which was quite substantial in my regular take home pay. So that feels that feels really good. So we've mostly only talked about tax. You also have monthly clients. Has anything over there changed or have you just kept things the same? That part I, I've kept the same. I, I've been working you know, behind the scenes in the mastermind on putting some packages together and some pricing. Um, I've had some success. I had um, an opportunity to sell a, a little package that we developed in the mastermind and I had an opportunity to propose selling it to someone when it wasn't quite nearly ready, but Hey, why not? So, so, <laughs> so, so that was fun to have had to have done that exercise and then immediately have an opportunity fall in my lap to to propose it to someone and it, and it went very well and it was accepted and but I but the packaging and pricing is something that I'm I'm working on behind the scenes but I haven't rolled anything out to my recurring clients. We can only make so many changes at once in our business without just like turning everything upside down and being like, what is going on? Um, 
what do you think still remains for you to change for 2024, next year's tax season? I haven't quite decided about prices. Like, I, I don't think that there'll be a, a big sea change, a big increase in prices, but I certainly need to do another round of, of disengagement just for the health of the practice itself and my own sanity. Yeah. <laughs> and how big do you think that will be? I'd like to, to cut it by another 10 to 15%. I'm, a, I'm not quite sure how that, that'll work out. Um, because even though I did it this last time and it was, and it went okay, I was, you know, all the feelings around uh, disappointing people or making people angry and are, are still, still coming up. So. Sure. Yeah. Uh, these are relationships that we have with people too, right? It's not like, it's not like you're moving furniture out of your house. No, no. I've worked with these people for a long time and saying, you know, making, choosing to say goodbye to them is, 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 is a bit of a toughie. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. As well, it should be right. Cause we're people. Right. Yes. Have any of the changes that you've made in your business played out in other parts of your life in ways that have been positive? Well, I think for, for lots of people, when you, when you run your own business, it's always part of you, wherever you go. I think when you make positive changes in your business, uh, a business that you, that you have started and developed and you know, looked after for so many years, it can't help but affect other areas of your life in a positive way, right? So things have certainly been... Um, calmer and happier on the home front, for example. Yeah, because I'm not so like so stressed out, <laughs> you know, last tax season in particular, you know, that that would of course come home with me because it's my business. And it's for me anyway, it's, 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 it's hard to leave a lot of that at the door when you when you leave your office. So I've certainly noticed it in and my own happier mindset and my own energy for the people that I love at home. And mm. I love that. And those kind of things. That's such a good place for us to wrap up. Lori Rauk, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find you, how can they do that? Um, thanks so much for having me, um, Geraldine. My website is laurierauk.ca. laurierauk.ca. Awesome. Well, Lori, I will see you in Mastermind. It was great to be with you. Thanks, Geraldine. It was great to be with you. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk. In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.